You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number two, season three of Leaf Sky. Jim Taddy with you for the next half hour or so. Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun will be our guest. Going to focus in on two split squad games at Scotiabank Arena on Saturday against the Ottawa Senators. But before we get there, let's consider this. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. Oh, guy, up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? Why would you do that? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down a stepped-up same-game parlay once per game all season long. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the call to action. Simply download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet in any football game. The code is THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, on to the hockey story. And as I said earlier, we're going to deal with the two games against Ottawa split squad Saturday afternoon, Saturday night against the Ottawa Senators. I attended both games, worked the late game, but was there purely for recreational purposes in the first game. And when I got to the area outside Scotiabank Arena, I was really impressed with families that were attending because it was a Saturday afternoon game. And quite frankly, if I'm the guy doing the preseason schedule for the Leafs from here until the end of time, I started with split squad games against either Ottawa or Montreal until the world ends because this is a great concept. Families uh, during the day, families at night, 14,500 in the afternoon, 14,500 at night. It was a great atmosphere and, and great to see the Leafs back on the ice, especially on home ice. Aside from that, there's plenty of things to get into, and we'll do that with very shortly. But let me drop this on you. Let me give you this piece of information. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of my playlists on my phone as I walk around, do my daily exercises, and just get on with my life, and it's been great. One reason it's been great is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not. Trust me on this, they will not budge. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Things I like about the Raycon Earbuds, three customized sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and awareness mode. And I got to tell you, 
I love my playlists. I spend hours putting these things together. Sometimes I shuffle them. Sometimes I, I put them in the order that they, they were assembled in. And it's a, a great piece of sound and a great experience, and these Raycon earbuds make it even better. Here is the call to action. Go to Raycon.com and use the code THPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's the code THPN15 at buyraycon.com and score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code THPN15. That's all you need to know, and it sounds great. All right, here is the conversation with Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. Okay, Terry, as we record this, uh, we're, we're going off the two games, the split squad games against Ottawa. Not much to take out of that, is there? Uh, not really. Uh, you know, two games, Jim, uh, you know, more or less 48 hours after the players are first on the ice for camp, uh, you're not going to draw much of a gauge from that. Now, look, I know that they've been skating for all of August, more or less, and and into September, and uh, they're all in tip-top shape and everything, but... um. You know, it was just uh, those games really, you know, glorified practices or split squad games, if you will, to get the players going. Even Keith himself was saying, you know, he didn't, he thought of it as the, uh, really the end of training camp with it going now. But having said that, some positive signs. Sam Sonoff played well in, in his game. Uh, obviously, we, we saw a bit of a finish there from Kelly Yarncroke that uh, the Leafs hope can carry into the regular season. Um, so things like that were good. Uh you know, Adam Gaudet getting the injury, it's, uh, you know, bad timing for him, obviously, trying to earn the spot. I didn't think he looked very good before he got hurt in that first game on, on Saturday, Jim. But, uh, you know, there was some for him to play for once he got back. But, uh, yeah, it just, you know, I get your feet wet start. And, and I think, for me at least, it, it does get going a little more in earnest Wednesday night against Montreal uh, for a few reasons, uh, not the least of which uh, we will see Matt Murray for the first time in a Leafs uniform. Yeah, I, I concur with what you're saying there. I mean, Yarncroak, uh, you know, showed some, uh, even before he got the goals, and, and let's be honest here, the goals that he got would have been Austin Matthews' goals in a regular situation. That, that He just sort of got that open ice, but that would have been a feed to Austin Matthews. But he showed a, a lot of push, is what I'm going to say, before that in the first period and was very involved, has, uh, applies a lot of pressure. Uh, I think the scoring would be a bonus, but, but what I was left with there was that this guy could make a contribution in the top six which I think is noteworthy. Yes, he can. And, you know, again, a tiny sample size, Jim, but the way the way he played with Matthews and uh, Bunting in that game, impressive. And, you know, it, it's one thing to have the shot. It's another to find that open ice and get it off quick when you don't have a lot of time. And we saw him do that twice. Now, I, I guess the asterisk with that is you would say, well, he's, his, his career high is 16 goals in one season, which he's done twice and, and not for three or four years. So, there is a bit of a ceiling there, but really that offense, you know, if you need to put him in the top six, you probably can do it at some point. Yeah. But you really like him as a third line guy. And you're talking about the energy he brings. You mentioned that the push, um, you know, the, the pace, uh, he, 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 I think he's going to be valuable for the team in that regard. Um, you know, probably a little more than Andre Kasha was last year because Kasha kept getting hurt and I think was limited to what 50 games. So Yarncarp can play a full 82 uh, or even if he doesn't uh, or close to it. I, I, I like that potential for what he brings. And then, like you say, the important thing is, Jim, Sheldon Keefe, if he has to, can plug him in at one or at two if he needs to and probably get something productive out of him. So people people kind of, uh, you know, wondered a bit at the four-year contract he got in the summer. 
but very affordable at two a year, I believe it was, and um, they're in that ballpark. And I think he's going to be a good player for them. Yeah, I mean, I would look at that contract as in and out. A lot of people were upset with the four years, but that means you don't have to look for that guy for the next four years because he's already there. And those guys, right. uh, you know, the price fluctuates uh, depending on the season. Uh, it's just if you find the guy and lock him up, uh, I know it's a little uh, sort of uh, outside the box, but it works for me in this particular situation. Uh, yeah. when, when you're looking at the Leafs, I think that, you know, the way I approach this training camp is, is sort of the, I've said this before, uh, the, the depth chart is, is really impressive. And I don't know that we would have said that before. There were pieces there, but there's there's strength in numbers in depth in literally every part of the Leafs roster. And and that's really what I'm looking forward to here. Uh, the hope is they don't have to rely on it, but but you know it's there. The structure is there, isn't it? It is. And, you know, you know we, again, we see it in practice on uh, Monday. Uh, you know, Gaudette goes out with a shoulder injury against Ottawa. And, uh, you know, Dennis Malgin, Malgin, sorry, who is, who is impressed gets, now we assume we'll get a shot in that line with Tavares and Nylander against Montreal on Wednesday. So again, you know, do we assume that he's going to be there for the regular season? Perhaps not, but now this is his opportunity to show that if needed, he can play that spot as well. Um, you know, and then you still have Obey Kubel and, and, you know, David Camp from that third line, um, Obey Kubel likely for the fourth line, but. You know, Alex Steves has looked good. Joey Anderson, I think, has looked good. Nick Robertson is going to figure into this somewhere, too. Bobby McMahon, a, probably a player not a lot of us are thinking about, Jim, yeah. also, I think, has looked good through the first, you know, not quite a week of camp. So there are a lot of options there. I, I like the mix. I like the mix of um, the, the veterans that uh, uh, Kyle Dubas assigned and blend that with the kids who are pushing from the Marlies who are eager to make an impression. I didn't include Nick Abrazizi in that. Part. I think he's uh, he'll be a benefit from a full year in the American Hockey League. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's a good mix there of people pushing for jobs and and you're right. I don't know. You know, we, it was a little different even a year ago because you're not you're, a lot of these guys. You're not sure with what you have. Bunting turned out to be, you know, a real a real gem and a diamond in the rough for them. We know what happened, with Nick Ritchie. So um, a good depth up front. And uh, as we see already, as you mentioned, the injuries, the Leafs are going to need it likely from Game One against Montreal in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I would look at the depth as, uh, you know, that, that takes care of the the, uh, the bottom half of the roster. And, mm-hmm. you know, quite frankly, and there are things to be concerned about in the top half of the roster for specific playoff matchups, not during the regular season. But the bottom half of the roster, I think, needed some work. And I think they've done that. Yeah, agreed. You know, even even Obey Kubel, I mean, not playing all the time with Colorado, but still last season, but still having that experience of winning the Stanley Cup and what it took to get there. I don't have the stats in front of me. I think he played about 14 games in the playoffs. So that means something. And uh, when you're adding a player of, with that who, who has that fresh memory of it, uh, you know, that can go a long way in your bottom six. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think yeah. he's going to be a good player for them. You know, how it all shakes out, we'll have to see. Pontus Holmberg's another guy I should have mentioned too. But um, they're all, they're all going to get – you're getting the impression that a lot of these guys are going to get an opportunity here. And it is on them to, to, to see what they do with it. Um, but yeah, you know, worry about the playoff matchups and that sort of thing. Once the Leafs get there, I think that stuff will iron itself out well before April and, um, you know, it'll be something to talk about then, but it, it's just good, uh, at, up front and, you know, assuming we'll get to the blue line, I think it's good there too, with, with Mete and Ben, a couple of guys who they probably looked at for depth pieces, but now might have to play in the opener and a bit beyond we'll have to see. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that Lilligren's going to be back for that, but, uh, well, he won't be, but, uh, yeah good depth again on the blue line and um you know you have to have it you cannot have too much of it 
I know we'll get I'll, I'll just stuff Jim, but one of the questions for me will be, you know, who do they they're going to lose? I think a good player on waivers when yeah. it comes down to, to cut the roster down like they did last year. Because who's that going to be, and who do you take that chance on? Yeah, well, that's and you know, and quite frankly, that's a, that's a, a bottom tier team that's going to make that claim because yeah. whoever they claim from the lease is going to be better than what they have. So that's, I mean, that's a small audience there, but but I think you have to prepare for somebody to go. I think a year ago we were at camp looking for the pieces to show up and wondering, you know, all the they signed a number of wingers, wondering if that would work. Uh, this to me is a wait and see kind of training camp, and with the injuries. Uh, you know, you, really, they're they're down what three defensemen, and that includes Sandine, and, and right. you don't really you don't really miss them. I, I say that with all due respect, because there's numbers there, uh, and so you, you understand that at some point they're all going to come back, and 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 maybe that's what makes this team go forward is that they don't start with the full regiment, but but eventually it shows up and pieces itself together, as opposed to last year looking for that that piece or two to show up right in training camp. Yeah, agreed. And you know what? Guys like Ben and Mete, I mean, we've been commenting, I've written it, how they've how they've impressed so far. You know, Sheldon keeps saying, you can tell they played in the NHL, the confidence with which they play, the decisions that they make. Look, I'm, we're not building either of them up as a Norris Trophy candidate or anything like that. We, under, we no. understand that. I mean, Victor Mete wasn't even, you know, qualified by the Ottawa Senators for Pete's sake. But the fact of the matter is, they do have experience. Uh, you know, I, uh, in Ben's case, he's about six games shy of 600 NHL games in his career. So that's valuable. And, you know, they both played the right side. Mete uh, extensively in his NHL careers with 230 games has been on that right side. And they're going to need that uh, from the looks of it going forward here. Uh, but just Justin Hall is the only right-handed shot right now. So, you know, do you want to get into a spot where they're playing 82 games? No, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, I, 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 I believe, I'm just going by a gut here, that there will be a resolution to the Rasmus Sandin contract talks at some point. Uh, just not sure when, but it behooves him to get, you know, to, to be back with the Maple Leafs and be, you know, and if not in camp, then get going for the regular season, whatever it might be. But, um, yeah, th- that it is good depth there. And, you know, the, the one niggling thing now you kind of w- wonder about is, is Jake Muzzin and 33 years old and yeah. back injury, something that just popped up that wasn't necessarily – you know, uh, part of his issues coming out of the summer. And that'll be something to keep an eye on. Back injuries just don't necessarily go away. You know, you can fix a knee or an ankle or an elbow or whatever, but a back can linger. So that'll be an issue for them to uh, to keep an eye on. And uh, we expect Muslim back at some point. But until then, you have these other guys that can step in. And keeps they're also high on Dahlstrom in that regard too, Jim. Carl Dahlstrom yep. in, in stepping in, not you know, not to be an everyday guy. Again, another guy with some NHL experience. They really like the season he had with the Marlies last year. So he'll be another um, uh, uh, possibility for Keith to come in if needed. Well, and the way to look at the Muzzin situation is he's gone from, um, you know, the guy who had to sort of keep everything together during the regular season. They really relied on him in the past mm-hmm. that maybe they can, uh, you know, switch the uh, the build around so that they, they do maintenance on physical maintenance on him and, and get him ready for the stretch run as opposed to playing him out during the, the 82 games. And that might be a bonus because he has had playoff injury problems in the past and it's really hurt the team. Well, true, but and to your point, it's a good point because what happened in the playoffs last year? He played well for them, yeah, in that series against Tampa Bay after missing chunks of time like he had. So, yeah, you know, you don't necessarily want that to happen. But if you, like you're saying, if you have a full complement of defensemen, and again, it, it depends on how many, what kind of a roster the Leafs carry, 
uh, given their salary cap issues. Uh, right. You know, we'll, they'll probably be a couple of men short, but, um, you know, 21, 20 area. But, uh, yeah, if, if it sets up so you can get that out of Muzzin and going into the playoffs a fully healthy or close to fully healthy, because I guess no one really is at that point, uh, a player who's at the top of his game, if it means, you know, staggering some of that playing time up to that, of course, you know, you try to do it. But that only happens if uh, the depth that we're talking about now uh, becomes, um, you know, uh, good fill-in pieces for them down the stretch in in uh, February, uh, March, April. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he seems yeah. to be a load management guy at this point in his career, which is okay. Yeah, that's yeah, and I I completely with you on that, and it is okay. I mean, you look at it and go, well, you want him making the, you know, pulling in the type of money he is on a load management and that sort of thing. Ideally, no, but you know when he's in there, when he's on his game, he's going to be good for you. Yeah. And again, we talk about experience. Jim, it's been a while since he won the Stanley Cup with the LA Kings, just like it's been a while since Matt Murray won the Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But guess what? That That's always there. That knowledge is always there. It's yeah. something, if you haven't done it, you don't have it. You have it, it's always there for you. Since you brought up the goaltending, I was uh, quietly uh, impressed with Sam Sonoff on Saturday night uh, just because I remember the guy who played for Washington was uh, – I guess a little uh, overactive in the crease in terms of his lateral movement and being pucks, nice. Yeah, the pucks would go through him, which is yeah. not what yeah. you want to see from your goaltender. But this guy, this version of Sam Sonoff, was very steady and let the puck come to him, and that was impressive. Yeah, I thought he was really good positionally in that game, Jim. Uh, and again, small sample size, but it, it tells you the kind of work that he's been doing later in the summer once he arrived at uh, Leaf Camp and that sort of thing. You know, I, I know that uh, new goalie coach Curtis Sanford with all of these guys and Shalgren's talked about it as well, you know, emphasizing the structure and the technique and goal and, and moving, you know, moving with a little more efficiency and quickness and, and not being that type of guy who looks at times like he's not sure what he's doing out there, but uh, you know, obviously some things to curb in Samsonov's game coming into this, but uh, you know, the, the, the very, very, very initial impression is that it, 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 did, it looks good. We'll get a better idea Friday, Jim. He's slated to play the full 60 in Belleville against Ottawa. And then, uh, you know, he and uh, and Murray will each play, uh, you know, uh, two of the remaining four games, the full games, but after Wednesday. But, uh, yeah, the initial, the, the initial shot is good. 16 saves, I believe, against Ottawa. Like I said, square to everything. Uh, no panic in his game at all. And even when there were some dust-ups around the crease and that sort of thing, some loose pucks, he was there. So you have to, you know, that's all you're going on right now and really all it is. You have to like what you saw. Yeah. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, as we talked about the, the organizational depth being good, um, it's really got a nice pecking order for goaltenders from the Leafs all the way down in their system. And, th- and that might be a first. Yeah. You know, it, the the key for me is, um, well, there's a couple. Shalgren's got to come in and, and he played 14 games last year, had a good win-loss record, but, you know, what it 888 save percentage isn't in a 3.31 goals against average, not great numbers. But uh, the fact is, he has that experience now, Jim, of playing in March and April and got into a playoff game as well. So there is that uh, on his resume now. I think a key for me is Joseph Wall and, and, and avoiding the injury bug going forward. And, yeah. you know, he's still coming back from a sh- offseason shoulder shoulder surgery and hasn't really got into the mix much here, been practicing on his own taking shots on his own. So that'll be a key for them uh, to not only get him healthy, but to get him into enough games uh, with the Marlies so that he can come up and be a factor for them if he has to. Like we saw earlier last season, 
in a very short uh, spurt, he came up and, and did good things for the Leafs. So, uh, but that that that's true. I mean, you this is not an organization that has any sort of recent history, as we well know, of developing their own people in net. Uh, Joseph Wall uh, would like to break that string, uh, being a draft pick like he is, and uh, you know the potential is there, but. He has to stay out of sick bay. Yeah, so I mean, you're you're in the trenches with these guys. Uh, I'm up in the booth. Uh, is there a body language difference from a year ago, or like how would you describe? It's early stages, and there's a lot of bodies there. But in terms of how yeah. they're acting, how they're talking, is there a difference? Well, I don't, hard to say difference because in the the first few days of camp, certainly there's been um, there's been a real focus on the efforts and determination. I think we saw it for the most part in the two games on Saturday. Didn't like the you know you don't like the way the one the second one ends. Yeah, with all those goals going in the third, but whatever. Uh, that that's what I've seen, Jim. That um, you know, and and I, I think the, the 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 way Kyle Dubas has set this up and his staff is the competitive nature with all these positions we're talking about because like we've mentioned earlier, you have a lot of people at forward who could play up, or if you're if I'm you and I are saying well that's a fourth line guy. He may be looking at it saying, well, no, I'm not. I'm, I want to be on the third line, and I can play there. So you're getting competitive nature in camp right now. The pace has been really good. I mean, I think the players are kind of, uh, you know, to be really honest with you, uh, you know, hunkering down for what's going to be a bit of a long camp here. I mean, we got still have five preseason games to go, you know, a couple, two more weeks before the regular season starts. Club's likely going to get, a, get, a, get out of town for a few days next week together, so... There is still some. There are still some longer days to come, but uh, as much as 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 different as as weird as it might sound, I think there is a difference in that. Yes, the, the result in the first round last year was the same, and that they lost and went home. Uh, but the regular season was much different than it had been. They proved themselves against the, all of the National Hockey League, not just a bunch of Canadian teams, most of which were not very good in the season before. And uh, you know, they gave the Stanley Cup champions, uh, defending Cup champs, a really good run in that first round. So. There's, it's not a team that's cocky, Jim, but it also doesn't lack in confidence uh, no matter what happened uh, last spring against Tampa. Okay, let's end on, on the contract situations because, the, you know, the window has now shifted for the Leafs that mm. uh, going forward there are outs for players uh, and, and, and or the team because, you know, people just either won't get renewed or, or they want to leave or they will, will be renewed. But there's, there's a clear path forward here, and it starts really not this season, but uh, next season uh, with re-signing people. But for the front office, it starts this season. So let's circle around the Kyle Dubas situation. And, and let me ask you this. Would it not have been better to extend him by one year? And, and if you did that, you could also put the club option on the year so that so you just sort of take that cloud that would hang over him away and and uh, it, it, there's still the same remedy you could still let him go but mm-hmm. at least the cloud is gone yeah it's an interesting way to look at it because you know if you do sign him to a contract like that another year and you make the decision at the end of the season that enough that's enough of that i mean this is a team that can afford that extra year i mean that you know paid a guy to not work we you know what mike babcock in the final year of his contract now jim and, yeah. You know, and hasn't coached this team for at least three years, mid mid November. Yeah, so I I could see the logic there, but um, you know, it, it, I don't know if this is going to be a, a black cloud or not. I mean, I can say that now on you know September twenty seventh or wherever we are, and if things are different in a month or two, they've lost some games coming out of the uh, the shoot and that sort of thing. But um, you know, it's uh, on on the Leafs side of it too. You can say, okay, well, excuse me, you might recognize you've done a lot of good things, but the fact of the matter is, we're still 
at ground zero when it comes to the playoffs, and we haven't made those uh, uh, those those inroads in the postseason. So, you know, we'll see how the season plays out. You know, I still find it interesting that Dubis is hedging his bets on a couple of goaltenders who need massive rebound seasons. Really, Murray more than Samsonov, of course, given the money that he's making. He was traded for. The Leafs wanted to do that. They've had him on their radar for a while. I'm still of the mind that re-signing Jack Campbell would have been the better way to go. We'll see if I'm right on that. Uh, people say, oh, five years, it's a long time. Well, yeah, it is, but you're not worried about years three, four, and five right now. It's one and two, and I think he would, he'll be capable. I think he's going to be capable in Edmonton. But just the way Dubas talked about how people carry themselves, there's confidence there as well. Um, he fully believes in this team, and, and I don't know that it's really going to be uh, something that hangs over the club. I think that as it plays into the Austin Matthews situation and what happens next summer, Jim, perhaps, but you know, I, I just get the impression from this team that they'll go about doing what they have to do. And, and uh, the future of Kyle Dubas won't uh, one way or the other uh, impact uh, what they do on a day-to-day basis. I don't have that impression right now. Okay. If you insist, let's go out on a yes guy, no guy to end episode number two, season three of Leaf Sky. The split squad, yes guy, no guy, number one, the split squad doubleheader to start the preseason schedule is a winner. An emphatic yes guy. That was a great day of hockey. I was in that building for nine hours and enjoyed every second. An absolute winner, an absolute yes guy. Yes guy, no guy, number two. Samsonov and Yarncroc might emerge as key acquisitions. Well, just based on what we saw on Saturday, I would say an emphatic yes guy. Uh, Yarncroc can certainly contribute to the top six. He is the Swiss Army knife that Kerfoot was in the past, and maybe a little better with all due respect. And Samsonov, if he can stay centered to the shooter, square to the shooter, as they say, and not overmove, if they work with him, this could be an emerging story. So I'm going to go yes guy on both fronts. And the final yes guy, no guy to end the proceedings today. Patience will be the ultimate virtue with this team. Oh, an emphatic yes guy. That not only applies to me and you, but also the players and management. This is going to be a slowly evolving story, and hopefully it has a happy ending. Hope you enjoyed Episode 2, Season 3 of Leafs Guy. Hope you come back next week for Episode number 3.